Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am James Finch. This is The Finch Show. For those of you who are new, welcome to the show. For those of you who have listened to the past, welcome back. Thank you for coming back. And I'm happy to be here. And I hope you're happy to be here. Um, so, before I get into the episode, like I always do at the top of every podcast, i talk, got to talk about my sponsor, Blackstar Woodcraft. And my friend, Scott, who is the owner and operator of Blackstar Woodcrafts, is incredible. He has a shop up in Michigan. He makes everything by hand himself. And the quality and craftsmanship of what he does is impeccable. Now, I say Blackstar Woodcrafts. You're kind of like, what are you talking about? Let me tell you. He makes all kinds of stuff. Clocks, bath caddies, bottle toppers, rings, pens. And now you think to yourself, like, why would I go to this place and check it out to buy a pen no seriously these pens are amazing he uses late i believe i don't know anything about woodworking um other than how awesome it looks when it looks great and the the quality of these wood pens that he makes is insane i recently just bought from him what he called the skull twist pen which i absolutely cannot wait to get because this is really cool um pen that has I guess you would call um, metal sort of adornment, I guess. But the top and the bottom are wood. And it's this beautifully wood polished, like with almost like red veins running through it. And then the metal, the metal adornment to it, it's got a skull on the top and it's got a twist. So of course these pens are designed so that you can open them up and change the insert. So it's not like, you know, you're buying a big pen and when it's used up, it's used up. No, these things are show pieces, man. These things are awesome. And I cannot recommend it enough. And some of the stuff he's done in the past, last year for Christmas, I got through him um, a set of crochet hooks for my mom for Christmas, where he did these two handles, these beautifully wood polished handles with several sets of hooks that come along with it. Again, I don't know a lot about crochet, but they look awesome. Gave them to my mom. She loved them. Um, so I cannot stress to you enough how much you need to check out Blackstar Woodcrafts. So you can go to... Facebook, Instagram, look up Blackstar Woodcrafts, there it'll be. And recently added to his arsenal of shopping options is Etsy. You can go to Etsy, search Blackstar Woodcrafts. He's got some products up there. Check them out. And because he is a sponsor of this podcast, if you mention you got there through the Finn Show, you will get 15% off your order. Do not wait. Do not hesitate. Do it today. Today's podcast it was really cool. We had a lot of fun. Um, my guest was Sarah Bendrick, um, who is a, a landscape architect, landscape contractor, and designer. Um, you may know her. She has she's done a few different projects for DIY Network. She had a show called "I Hate My Yard," and then she did "Bend It Like uh, Bendrick." And her show that's up there currently is called "Law and Order," which she co-hosts with Chris Lambton. And it's a really really cool show. I really really love her. I love the work that she does. Um, I've been a follower of her on social media for a while now, and I always love the energy and enthusiasm and creativity she brings to everything she does. So we, I, I got her somehow, got her to agree to come on the podcast, which she did. So it was so cool. Um, obviously, we ended up talking about a lot more than just landscaping. So if you're like, oh, God, I don't want to listen to a pod, podcast about landscaping, trust me, it's worth it. It was a really, really good show. We had a blast. We had a lot of laughs. It was a really, really good time. Um, so without further ado, here is Sarah Bendrick.
All right, I am here. Uh, Sarah Bendrick was here. How are you doing? How is the weather in California currently? Oh, it's lovely. A good 70s. You know, it's like November. No, it's December. What is today? Third. Already. Yeah, 70 degrees. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I got a wealth of stuff that I would love to get in into. Um, the so owner and operator of uh, Cerita Landscaping Design. Mm -hmm. And if we were to dial the clock back, at what point in time did you sort of decide that landscaping is what you wanted to do in life? Was there kind of like a slow evolution to it or? Um, it was, um, I didn't know what I wanted to study in college and I was paying for college myself. So I was like, okay, I don't want to go and like just get something generic and like wander flounder through college. So I did community college and I started like looking up different flyers or different like programs that colleges had. And there was one that said landscape architecture. And I'm like, what is that? And I read it and I'm like, that's it. I knew it. And then I just like went through and found all the schools that had that. And that's when I got into landscaping. <laughs> okay. All right. So you didn't have any previous experience in a prior to? Uh, no, I like the idea that it, combines like creativity with um science as well as just being outdoors so i was like hell yeah yeah that sounds, that sounds good to me <laughs> i agree 100 percent um years and years ago when i was in high school i worked for a landscape architect and gosh oh, if I look back, yeah yeah shout out to rob Furch and meridian nursery um as i'm on the air yeah i did that all through high school and i absolutely loved it absolutely lo i just loved being outside all the time and getting to work on all that kind of stuff and um you know unfortunately the difference between california and here in the midwest is that landscaping is very seasonal here you know pretty much oh. end of october through you know early april it's just completely shut down and so once i got out of high school i'm like okay i kind of i need a 12 month a year job so unfortunately i had to move on from that but yeah absolutely loved it it was it was always a lot of fun um yeah, it's a really great job oh it really is it really is and especially gosh i imagine um being there in california southern california where it's a 12 month out of the year gig it's probably constantly moving constantly going there's always something new to do well there's always we can grow a lot out here because of our climate it's very we can grow a lot more species and types of plants than you might be able to in another area. I mean, add water, <laughs> you know, minus yeah. the water. <laughs> we can do anything. Just import some water, please. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's totally, um, it's busy usually all year, but we do have seasonality to it too. Like the winter in like January, February is typically slow. And then once spring comes, everybody's like, oh, let's do the landscape. And I'm like, you should have called me in December. We would have been ready. Now you booked out till like end of summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that always happens when people don't um, don't think about it in the last minute. They're like, oh yeah, let's get this done, and then everybody's booked up forever. I can imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. So the um, the, the interesting thing to me anyway is that so from what I understand, and of course by all means we're talking about you. So if you have to correct me something about you, then by all means do it. Um, <laughs> but from what I read, is you were not very long into operating your own um, landscape design company when you got involved with DIY Network. I, yeah, so, go ahead. No, go right. I was just going to ask, what, what, what kind of process is that? Like, how does that even begin? 
Yeah, it's kind of odd. It's kind of like, what? <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. You're like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this. Uh, I was working for another company doing design build. And then I started to look to go on my own. And during that search, I came across an email and a newsletter saying like DIY is looking for a landscape expert. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm an expert, but I feel pretty good about like what I do for my job. So I'm just going to send them a little email here. And then they're like, cool. Can you send us like your portfolio and like photos of you and stuff like that? I'm like, okay. And I sent it and then they called me. I'm like, mm, that, this is how this works. This is odd. I didn't think I didn't hear back. <laughs> um, and then they ended up asking me to send out these videos, but I was still working my other job. And at this point, like I wasn't filming or recording anything. I was living like a normal human being. And now I'm this social media person that records like everything. But back then I was like, I like, what do I like? I guess I'll use my computer and like, let me push record and I'll stand in front of it. And so it was all very new to me. And I did some simple videos and sent that off like after work. And then it was the fall, I think, or no, it was like December that all of this was happening. And I was trying to fit in these videos before after work, but it was like pitch black. And luckily I had a lovely friend and her daughter who agreed to be in this mock-up video with me and basically at 5 a.m. in the morning and I had another friend <laughs> hold the camera <laughs> and I'm like thank god thank you Jenny and Emma <laughs> yeah. um, and so I'm like come on like they were so cool to come out and like help me like be in my video so it could feel more natural than just me mm -hmm. and I sent that off and then they're like we want you to meet with the producer in LA and I was like whoa like this is like a week and a half ago of making contact with you guys like this is nuts and then did that and then they sent the video i went down to la met the producers and i didn't know what i was doing but they basically had a camera guy and like these homeowners they were real homeowners but they were just kind of like go and i was like well i'll just do what i kind of do for my job which is like hey what do you guys want to do mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let's do a pergola <laughs> and they took all that footage sent it off to the network and then the board of directors or whatever just went through all the applicants and I was lucky enough that all 12 of them had selected me to host. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, so that was a pretty quick process. Jeez. Well, it's always hurry up and wait. So oh. that just happened to go fast. But now that I've been in television for a long time, like, I don't even get excited about things. They're like, oh, like, you're pretty much guaranteed this spot. Like, you're the first person in this. I'm like, okay, when the money's in my hand, I'll get excited. <laughs> <laughs> Because so many things can kind of fall through, like you definitely need like a thick skin. And I think it's always been important to me that I run my real job first. Mm -hmm. And I have my company set up in a way that it's just me. I'm the only employee. So like when I'm not doing a show, which is most of the time I'm running my business. But if I did get an opportunity to do a show that I wanted to do, I could be like, okay, closing down. I'm going to go travel and do the show and pick back up. So oh, okay. flexible for things like that oftentimes i'll still have like a client or two that floats in between while i'm doing the show mm -hmm. like designing remotely but i'm not running my company like i would be full-time oh okay okay so it's not like you have a staff and you've just got to tell everybody okay keep this thing running while I mean, i'm gone i have had employees in the past um i feel like just at this point I like the flexibility and freedom that I have to kind of bounce around hashtag commitment phobe and, 
and be able to kind of, um, you know, like I have no dependents. I'm not married. Like I, I can, um, I have a lot of flexibility right now. And I feel like if I did set my company up in that way where I have a lot of employees and this and that, my job would be more managing all that and keeping it running. And that's really, doesn't sound as exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because then the employees, their sort of livelihood depends upon what work you have for them. And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So um, at this point I work as a designer and a builder and I either build projects that I design under my license with subcontractors or sometimes I'll design things and just pass them on to other contractors or I'll collaborate and join their team and project manage. So. Oh, okay. That's really cool. The, um, so the, the, the show that you're currently doing now, which is Lawn and Order um, <laughs> with Chris Lambton, which is a great show, by the way. Um, okay. My, my daughter and I were just watching an episode of it yesterday and oh, fun! She, she was absolutely thrilled to death that you were going to be on, but it's past her bedtime here in Illinois. So she's in bed in the wall behind me right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a sweetheart. But, um, so a question like that, just sort of like a behind the scenes thing. How much are, are you guys involved in that process prior to filming in terms of like, do you have any say in like selecting, the house or, I mean, obviously you're probably doing a lot of those design elements prior to actually showing up to film, right? Each show kind of depends. And um, I'm sure there's some stuff I shouldn't share and some that I should, but ultimately uh, it, it just it just depends. Like the reality of it is that um, there's no way that you can be a full-time host and a full-time designer builder on television because mm. the timelines are so quick like you just physically can't be in enough places <laughs> and so actually co-hosting is wonderful because while chris is on camera i can be actually doing something else and then we swap so co-hosting is actually quite great where my last show i was the sole person and we would work from 7 a.m to 7 p.m and i would just be completely exhausted by the end of the day mm. um and so i do feel like it's a better balance when you can co-host um, yeah but ultimately people fly to be on the show and the production company usually selects the homes that are going to be on there. And after they select them, that's where Chris and I would get involved and take a look at the project and what the homeowners want and what opportunities we saw with the budget. So, and then we give our input, we give ideas. Oftentimes, oftentimes I was in San Diego when they were casting and they would just send me Google, the address and like a Google image. And like, oh, wow. And so sometimes I would go on like Google Earth and like just like snapshot like the plot of the front yard or something and like you can get a rough scale and like it didn't need to be perfect. Or I just look off of photos and be like, hey, I'm roughly thinking we should do something like this. And then they would have a contractor in that area that would help facilitate the project with Chris and I. Mm -hmm. So we would collaborate um, with that said contractor and then they would implement our ideas or sometimes they'd bring some of their own ideas. Um, be like, hey, I got a bunch of this stuff. I'm like, great, let's use it. Or like, no, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I kind of wonder because it seemed to me like, um, and I understand that like television wise, things get framed in a certain way because it works really good for flow and kind of the feel of the show and everything. But, you know, sort of watching and kind of taking a step back and thinking about it, I, I sort of feel like, you know, there's part of me that kind of doubts that they're rolling up looking at a house for the first time and 10 minutes later have a plan of exactly how they want to do everything. And oh, the next day dump trucks are rolling in and uh, yeah. there had to be some level of pre-planning to that, I'm sure. Yeah, 
I'm, yeah, it's, um, you know, it depends on the show, like Yard Crashers, if you're familiar with that, like, they literally send people in there and, or like the host in there and they meet people like naturally, which is super cool, but I don't know their full production, how they, they do it, but um, it's, it would be, yeah, sure. It'd be nice if it was like all perfect, but it doesn't make any financial sense. <laughs> right. So oftentimes, yeah, we'll like meet them. And then the scheduling is we would usually film like two households at a time so that we would be at one house for a day or two and then bounce over to the next house and then bounce back. And that kind of allows things to happen because it happens really quick. So mm -hmm. um, the, um, cause that one, there's, uh, that's not all Southern California. Like, cause most, example, of that was, most of that was um, on the East coast in Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Florida. Okay. I thought I remember one of them was in Pennsylvania. That was the first time I caught on because the 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 previous show, I hate my yard. That was pretty much all Southern California, wasn't it? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. We like to make it feel like it was anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> but it was very much something. <laughs> when you're staring outside here in Illinois at the negative ten degree weather, and there's a house that could be anywhere, but you see palm trees in the distance, you're like, okay, you know? <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <Dead> boy. <laughs> So the, um, what, um, and I, I realize this is an extremely broad question, um, but are, are there certain kind of, when you're looking at something like this, you're, you're doing a house where you're designing, whether it's for a show or just for a client, do you have particular design elements that you sort of favor over other ones or things that you tend to gravitate towards? I like designs that make sense. <laughs> I would say, um, I feel like things need to have meaning to, to me and that either means that they're functional or they aesthetically make sense or um, just layout wise makes the space feel better. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I would, function is super important in terms of like spatial layout and then aesthetic is also important. I think less is more typically, but I don't like to get stuck in one category. Like I very much love a cottage garden or something that's very eclectic, but generally the less clutter and the less stuff, the better the overall landscape feels. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah, things that like, I think are just poor design choices are if you put a bunch of different plants in like one area and it's just like a potpourri of things, you're like, where do I even look? It, it looks, it can look messy or like when people have like 500 pots in their like one area and they're like, I love all my plants. I'm like, just put them in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like you're storing things in your yard. <laughs> Better to like pick a few and like people don't realize it's like you just accumulate it. And like, yeah. I'm not one to speak, like my room is like, I'm not going to show you, but uh, <laughs> I know how it should look though. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, there's definitely something to be said for less is more. There are times I think we've all seen those yards that are just, they're a disaster. Not that anything there is necessarily bad or rotted, but just so much clutter and so much like packed into one area that it's, you know, I remember doing landscaping and there were times where of course, we weren't a production company, but we'd literally get customers who would call and be like, for some reason, I just hate my backyard. And you'd look at it and be like, well, back up the dumpster. We can fix half of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like the first thing, like, yeah, I tell people to do is just clear out the yard of clutter because it's a great place to store things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just ends up collecting a lot.
Yeah, it starts off as pots, and then before you know it, it's a 72 Chevy, and then, uh, you know, <laughs> it's those snowballs. And before you know it, you're not on Law and Order, you're on Hoarders, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so have you guys run into, production-wise, have you guys run into a, a, a lot of problems with the whole COVID pandemic we have going on? Oh, yeah, we're not filming. I haven't, yeah, we haven't been filming for a while for that one, but it kind of depends on each production company. Mm -hmm. The um, the remarkable thing is that I, we had talked before the podcast, I did an episode of not too long ago with Annie Briggs, and that was a conversation her and I were having because she was um, in the process this summer, had it in the, had it in the works to build a barn. And uh, then right when she got started, they ran into all kinds of material supply issues because oh, of... Yeah coronavirus and we even ran into that here i was so excited this summer i was finally going to install the new fence i always wanted and you know you sit there and you you know you do the math and i figure well i'm going to need 156 boards to do this and every time i go down to the only lumber place in this county and oh, on any given day they might have 12 and maybe we'll get more in next tuesday and then you go next tuesday and they have five left and it was just so what should have been a weekend job turned into like a four month just constantly waiting and hoping and praying that lumber will come in sometime. Were you not able to uh, order the specific amount and have them bring it in? Um, I, I could have, but there, you know, it always got to be the difference between, um, because unfortunately the, like I said, the only place that we have here that carries lumber, um, their delivery charges are outrageous, you know, and for somebody who has a pickup truck, we would just say, oh, yeah, I'll run down there and cram as many as in my truck as I can and drive it back and we'll put them up. And I don't mind making trips all day long. And But even then, there was no way, even through them at that time, to be able to special order. There's no way I could say, hey, I need X amount. Can you get that in? And they'll be like, whatever comes on the truck next week is what comes in. It's first come, first serve. So good luck. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it makes you really start looking at all like the scrap lumber. You're like wow, this has a lot of value. I had a big scrap pile in my yard and I was just letting friends like, take it, do something. And now I'm like, I better hang on to this. I'm not going to be able to build anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that and the prices have gone up. Um, yeah, my bike got stolen and, and I was trying to find a replacement and I went to the store and I'm like, they're like, well, we have two bikes left, but they're extra small frames. And I'm like, I'm a normal, normal, I don't, that's not the right word, average size person. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, well, that's not going to work. And I'm like, well, surely I can just order a bike my size. And they're like, we're not, we can't, we're not taking any orders because we don't even know, like manufacturing so far behind. We don't even know what's going to be available. Mm -hmm. wow. Your bike got stolen. Yeah. They broke my car window and everything. What? No. Was this at your house or elsewhere? In front of my house. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. I know it was a bummer. Um, yeah, you can, don't leave your bike in your car, apparently. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got a nicer bike than what I had before. <laughs> well, there you go. It was just a sign. It was just a sign from the cosmos that it was time for a better bike. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so. Excuse me. So, um, you did. Um, you wrote a book. Uh, big and big impact landscaping 20 ADA uh -huh. right DIY projects you can do on a budget if you were to I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase this where it sounds okay um, <laughs> if you I guess I would say if you were going to give advice to people who were brand new homeowners who wanted to spruce some stuff up and make stuff look nice but 
we're dealing with the biggest budget in the world. We're not dealing with the biggest budget? Yeah. Sure. What would you say? So actually I come across this all the time and I think it's great. I don't think that, uh, I think having a nice yard or a garden is a privilege. Like it's not something that's just granted to you because you have a home. Like it takes work and it takes thought and it takes energy and you can hire that out or you could do it yourself. So I don't think that, um, I compare it to like going to a restaurant. You go to a restaurant, you're going to spend like what, 10 times more on food that you could probably just make yourself. But, uh, and that's fair because you're paying the staff, you're paying the rent, you're paying like the markups of all that food getting there. And the same thing with landscaping. When you pay a contractor to come in there, like they're paying their employees, they're paying their insurance, they're paying all this. So the price you're paying for somebody to do something for you is, it's significantly sure. I do think it's fair. Um, than if you just did it yourself. So if you don't have a big budget, but you have the desire, um, you know, that's where the weekend warriors come in. And I think that people are perfectly capable of bringing it together. Um, of course, people have different skill sets. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, obviously some things you need skilled labor and you can't, you know, but I, I feel like I've met plenty of people that have like fully tackled like hardscape and stuff like that and like watched youtube and figured out how to do things at a cheaper rate and then some people are like i might not have the biggest budget but i still rather hire that out i'm like go you because you're keeping us employed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i think when your budget is more limited i think it's more important to be more aware of how to plan your space ahead of time and either invest in a designer ahead of time or figure out a layout somewhat yourself so you don't end up with a yard that's really not thought through. Uh, so figuring out the overall plan and then tackling them. Like I'll, I'll have clients be like, okay, you need your furniture. Well, it's mm, August, wait till Black Friday and then go buy all your furniture then. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you, but you know the layout of the space and you know what you need. So mm -hmm. it allows you to kind of like plan ahead in those things or even uh, hiring contractors in the off season to do things uh, can also be helpful because there's less competition uh, or yeah, there's less work available to them. So they're more willing to work at maybe, maybe a lower rate. Um, it kind of depends on the industry and where you're at. Mm -hmm. but it just depends on how hands-on people want to be that, you know, but there's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with like hiring it out to have somebody come and do something for you. But mm -hmm. I think the best situation is when the homeowners are somewhat involved. Mm -hmm. Well, especially a lot of times it's good for, uh, you know, just like you said, the skill set. If you don't have um, a lot of background in it or if it's your first time ever even, you know, I've known this people before who, you know, they lived most of their entire lives in an apartment, even growing up. And then, you know, they they get married and they buy their first house. It's their first time ever having a yard. And they're just like, I want it to look good, but I have no idea what to what to do. It's like having a blank canvas and saying, well, I want the Mona Lisa, but I've never picked up a paintbrush before. How do I even, you know? So a lot of times I think just having a professional take a look at it yeah. you know, can make a really big difference. The thing with, uh, yeah, I think absolutely having a designer come and give some fresh eyes to a space and like help you utilize it best. Like a lot of designers will do consultations where they just share ideas and um, you'll find some people that do it pay uh, free, but I think, if you find if you're doing like a paid consultation it's more of an exchange of like information and whatever like i'm here let me give you ideas right on the spot that's what i do at least but um everyone has a different business model and um 
I think probably the biggest thing with like landscaping is very different than like the interior because you design your inside and like everyone knows how to keep it going back to where it was. You're like, okay, I have green walls and a couch and the blanket goes here. Fold the blanket, make it look good, get rid of the clutter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's maintaining your living room, like clean it, you right. know? The landscape is like, holy shit, this plant grew and now the grass and it's dead over here and like there's too much water now. And like there's so many factors that you have to be involved with your landscape or hire somebody to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. So um, you could spend money installing a landscape, but if you don't figure out how to maintain it, um, you could kind of lose the original thought. I think the best thing that I like to tell my clients is they don't have like a regular gardener, which I don't think you have to, um, is the quarterly go out there and make sure that you're bringing it back to kind of where it was. And of course, you know, I'm in San Diego, it doesn't matter what season. So what you would do in Illinois would be a little bit different. (laughs) But um, here in America, like we have a really weird relationship with maintenance nobody wants to do it. It's like, I want everything like perfect and to never change. And I'm like, that's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. And we're like, you go to England and like gardening and maintaining your garden is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. There's no expectation that like, it's going to be perfect all the time. Um, It's something that they are doing weekly, like out there just picking things or trimming things or involved their time. like this look good and i expect you to stay (laughs) stay that way right (laughs) well it's just like you were saying like you know people think um just like the interior like well i straightened the couch and folded the blanket why is three months later does this look like it's all falling apart again that's that's the biggest thing all the trimming and everything that does and i always get amazed it's kind of off on a side tangent but being the huge baseball fan that I am and watching every time, anytime I'd go to a baseball game, I'm a huge Cubs fan. I'd go to Wrigley field in Chicago and you'd see those ground Mm -hmm. grounds crews guys out there, you know, before and after every game and just making every thing look absolutely perfect. And I think to myself, God, the amount of work it would take to maintain a field like that, especially with Wrigley where you're dealing with the Ivy on top of it and not just the grass where everything needs to be trimmed, you know, and, but I agree with you. I think that's a, that's a really big point. How how important the maintenance is to all that kind of stuff. Um, what yeah. uh, did I read this correctly? Do you have chickens? Was that right? So I have and had. <laughs> <laughs> I had chickens. <laughs> and then you got hungry, or what happened? Well, my dog Banjo ate my favorite chicken. Which oh no! I was super bummed about. I'm like, out of all the chickens you ate the one that actually like was super cool and would like come in the house and like be like, you know, let you hold it. I'm like, why that one? Um, and so the rest of the chickens, they're fine. But, Mm -hmm. um, we ended up recently giving them away because I, um, just traveling too much and just not keeping up. And now that I didn't have my favorite trick and like the connection was lost. Mm. (laughs) Poor Banjo. What kind of dog is Banjo? Oh, he's a mutt. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's a he's a mutt. He's um gingery color with blue eyes. Very, he's actually a very handsome dog, but he's very shy. And it's funny because I do put him on my social, um, and sometimes people will, like meet him and they'll be like, "Oh, Banjo," and he'll be like, "Who are you? And why do you want to touch me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's nice, but he's just like he's not a people dog. He's like, mm. "You have to earn my trust." Like, you don't, like, he's like, it's okay if you pet me, but 
definitely not doing anything for me. <laughs> but, has a, but has a taste for chicken, though. Oh, he loves the chicken, yeah. Does he ever feel guilty, like, if you ever give him, like, a chicken McNugget or something, does he kind of get this look on his face, like, oh, I remember oh. this. I got in trouble for this once. No, not at all. No, okay. But I don't need chicken McNuggets. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, but, you know, a creepy thing, though, is chickens will eat chicken. It's gross. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you drop some or whatever, and they'll, they'll just eat anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. A lot of farm animals are that way. You know? God, pigs are the worst. I think pigs are the worst at that. Oh, I think they, I think pigs, yeah, pigs can eat anything. Yeah. And, and yet then we turn around and eat them. And so, you know, I guess it ends up kind of like a you are what you eat times two in that regard. That's yeah. bizarre. I don't want to spend too much time thinking about that. Um, so, <laughs> so if we were, so we've talked and people um, who follow you on social media and have watched you on DIY Network, they know you as, you know, Sarah Bendrick, I Hate My Yard, Lawn and Order that stuff. Do you have anything that um, I guess sort of like you enjoy doing or hobbies that are completely removed from all that, that maybe even some people would be surprised to be like, oh, really? That? That's cool. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, I play the guitar and I sing. Mm. Uh, although it's super intermittent. Like I could go a year without picking up my guitar and then I'll play it for three months straight. And then, um, yeah, like I would say my average is I'll play it a few times a year. It's kind of mm -hmm. sad. I, sh I wish I would do it more. And I, at this point, like, it's like I've known these songs for like 10 years and I just keep playing the same songs and I should learn a new one. Although I did learn, um, what's that Elvis Presley song? Uh, Falling in Love With You. I learned that from my friend's wedding and that that was I played it for them coming up and that was really nice. Whoa. I, enjoyed, I enjoyed doing that. That's cool. How, how do you get more nervous doing that or hosting a TV show? You know, I actually think that's what allowed me to be decent at hosting a TV show. Like I've never been like some big musician or anything, but back like in high school and right out of high school, I would force myself to do open mics and I would prep myself by when I was playing by myself and I'd close my eyes and just imagine everybody looking at me so i'd be like okay this is i'm nervous everyone's looking at me it's okay and this mm -hmm. by the time i actually did it i'm like oh this is just what i practice and <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and i think the thing is is going back to being present and just being focused on what you're actually doing and i think like when it comes to like being on camera it's the same thing it's like if you think about the camera like filming you and making mistakes and stuff like that like it's gonna your energy's gonna read that way where if you are just like oh i'm being present and i'm interacting with these people and yeah. somebody's standing there with a camera but that it doesn't matter and like being comfortable that especially at this point knowing like if i do make an ass out of myself Either they're going to put it in there, it's going to make good TV, or they're going to take it out and make me look like that. <laughs> so either way, it's bonus, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's safe being like with a network like HGTV or DIY because like they're, they want you to be seen in a good light. It's not like, you know, FX or like Housewife, like those Housewife shows where they're like, oh, damn, this is good. <laughs> oh, she looks like an idiot. <laughs> You know, like they're always going with the intention of, I, they don't mind making it funny, but. Right, yeah, yeah. They're not going to present you as an idiot. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the difference between a show that makes money off of people looking like idiots versus, you know, I guess somebody looking like an idiot occasionally to sort of humanize them on TV, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So totally. So, um, you know, it just, it depends. And then, you know, editor notes are different for all, depending on who you have, like what type of energy they want. My first show, I hit my yard. Um, I guess I laughed too much and they're like, started cutting. Uh, come on. I just, well, they wanted me to be more serious. Mm. Um, those are just stylistic choices that happen in editing. Like I'm not really part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, like another show, they're like, oh, we like that. So, and it also kind of depends on like the times too. I think when I first started, they really wanted like this tough, like serious, like business kind of like badass woman. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, can I be goofy too? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, the, yeah. so what kind what kind of music do you do? What kind of music do you play? um surprisingly i i have a pretty good shakira like what do they call that like <laughs> they're like oh, i don't even want to try it now because I'm, <laughs> you know like the, the kind of depth that she has like i can do like the mashed potato in the throat kind of singing <laughs> like, oh mashed potato in the throat i've never heard it called that but it makes a lot friend, of sense my friends like shakira sounds like she's singing with mashed potatoes in her throat i'm like i can do that <laughs> uh, that or I grew up like singing like Jewel, so kind of like folksy lady shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. What yeah. um, what what would you consider to be like your um? If we're as as long as we're gonna be off on this this off in the weeds on this, we might as well do it. What would you consider to be like your top like favorite musical acts? Oh, um, well, if you asked me when I was like 14, it wouldn't have been Hanson. But my favorite musical acts are, um, I love this guy, Jackie Green. He is like a Americana, like folksy, bluesy kind of guy out of, uh, I think Chino, which is Northern California. And he's like super famous, like in the underground, like not the like radio played, but he has like really? a huge following. He's open for the Grateful Dead. Um, oh. A lot of respect for this guy, but he just never, I think because he's like bounced between genres a little too much, it's hard to like peg him in one. Yeah. So he's like one of those guys that are like super popular, like people know of him, but he's not like radio played. Mm -hmm. um, love his music. And then I'm a sucker for Sarah Bareilles. Like if I was a singer, and by the way, her name is Sarah Beth too. Oh, okay. So I'm like, oh, well, if I was going to be a singer, I'd just try and do what she was. <laughs> Not that I'm saying I'm a, like her level, but I, I, I totally like really love her music. <laughs> How can we never get any of that on social media? Every once in a while, like once a year or so, I might sprinkle something in in a story or like somewhere in a post. Um, I think earlier this year, oh, another person I really love, Patsy Klein. Um, I was like singing in the car and I'm like, I'm feeling this. <laughs> so I'm posting a little bit of like uh, crazy and uh, that was fun. It was, I just love how much fluidity and highs and lows that she plays with, which I really feel like you, it's lost in this generation in a way because there's so many other noises and bells and whistles that you can do where like yeah oh like she was just it was fun to like hear how her voice floats around are mm. you much of a musician or musical uh, yeah um when i'm driving alone in my car i'm freddie mercury um when anybody <laughs> else is around i'm 
sound like when I'm singing, my wife calls it what it sounds like when a giraffe is being stabbed to death. <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at, I guess. <laughs> no, I've been a drummer in a few different Wait, bands. It's been a long time, but. Why a giraffe? <laughs> I don't know. I think she was just trying to describe something that would have a really long neck and therefore have a really long air pipe to get out the most god-awful sound in the world. That's the only thing I can come up with. That's why she chose giraffe. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I think we need that though. I think we need uh I think we need a, a Sarah Bendrick like Instagram live acoustic show or something. I think that'd be pretty awesome. I mean, I think it would be awesome for some people, but it is interesting with like social media. Like if you veer too far off of like what people are following you for, you get people unfollowing you. Um which is fine. Like it's not the end of the world. But <laughs> the, yeah, I don't mind sprinkling it in. Um yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But I also, think. like, I haven't picked up my guitar in a long time. And it, I'm not even that great of a guitar player. I'm probably a better singer than, oh, I definitely am a better singer than a guitar player because my guitar <laughs> skill lovers are pretty, I can play chords, you know, and some picking that I've practiced over many years. Yeah. Well, if you went on Instagram or Facebook Live or whatever and did a live stream of you doing music and anybody left you over it, forget them. Like, the, you don't need that negativity in your life anyway. Like, goodbye, people. Yeah. Like, no, you got a problem with music? What the heck? <laughs> I don't know what people really leave me for. Like, on a story or in, like, a live, I think, you know, people choose to go there more easily. Where if I had put mix into my, like, here's how you do irrigation or here's how you cut stone or something. And then, like, here's me singing a song. La, la, la. <laughs> it's more like, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I that think is, it, if it mixes in naturally, sure, why not? Yeah, that is kind of that you brought that up, though, because that is kind of the bizarre thing about social media day, media nowadays, which is sort of like you get pegged into, like, this role. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, if you kind of veer out of that, what people have placed you in, it kind of causes people problems. Yeah, I don't I, entirely I understand it, but it's totally true. Yeah, I actually think that I uh, need to split my and might even do two different accounts because in landscaping there's like the hardscape and the softscape and often i'll like combine those but at the same time i used to do these things called plant talks where i would just be like oh this is a gymnosperm versus an angiosperm like what the hell is that um which i very much enjoyed or like this one tree or like jasmine um you know tritula spermum jasminioides what is this <laughs> that type of stuff that's a very different audience than people are like concrete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want the rocks, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's, um, you, when you mix two things that are, to me, they're all in the same, it's landscaping, but they're kind of very different interests. And so I was finding by mixing too much of that in my page that like my plant people are like, I don't want to learn about this stone that you're installing. Like I'm interested in plants mm. and vice versa. So I've kind of shied away from doing too much like plant heavy content, even though I really enjoy it. And I'm thinking I might either just do a separate page. Might <laughs> totally inappropriate. By the way, I have very inappropriate humor. Um, You're on the right show. Just suggesting that. <laughs> <laughs> what she's suggesting, I call it. Uh, 
like wet my planties. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I would 100% do that, but I already have enough creeps following me. I don't even want <laughs> If that isn't the greatest name for a YouTube channel, I don't know what is. I like, know. That would just break the internet. That's so perfect. Well, and then, so I'm still, I haven't completely written it off. And I have a few of these that are like totally inappropriate. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I have no shame. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, okay, what sponsor or brand is going to get behind wet my planties? Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not an issue. And it probably it's not an issue at all. Yeah. But we could probably get some. <laughs> no, I actually don't. I actually think most people would still be like, yeah, sure. Like if you haven't, if you're influential and people are following you and love it, like, and it's naturally you, which it definitely is me. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no shame in that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it does kind of polarize you. And um, I've always had this, like trying to figure out the balance between being a woman in construction, not trying to overly sexualize myself. And then like, not of course, like asking for it. Mm. I mean, uh, to me, like, I don't know. I kind of have crude humor. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like with my friends, that's one thing, but like with like some, you know, percentage of the audience, uh, does it kind of encourage the wrong kind of comments? Oh. And to me, like, I have a thick skin. I'm not worried about it, but I also realize that like, I'm representing more than just myself. I haven't fully thought through this. Like in one hand, I'm like, who really cares? Like if I have dirty and appropriate humor, like that's funny to me. That's authentic right. to me. <laughs> At the same time, am I just building a page for like thirsty, like dudes that are like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could, I could, gosh, I could definitely see that the, um, Oh my lord. Yeah, you probably get a lot of those creepers, don't you? Yes and no. I would say the majority of people that actually interact and comment on my posts are pretty appropriate. And if somebody's really inappropriate, like other people will call them out, which mm. is awesome. Oh, so that kind of keeps me from having to do the dirty work. Mm. Um, <laughs> but on the DM section, you'll get a variety of people like that are um it's usually more people i think it's like dudes just shooting their shot and they've probably like copied and pasted this message to a hundred different women that they're following oh. you know so it's kind of like eh, you know whatever and then every once in a while you get like a super random one like i posted this in my story the other day somebody wrote me like hey if you're into butt smell fantasies let me know right <laughs> Like, what is what? a butt smell fantasy? Did it just like fart sniffing? Is this? I have no idea. And then, so like, it's that's the whole message. And then it's like, you know, their profile with their name and like in their profile image, he's like clearly with his wife or girlfriend or something. What? And I'm just, but this happens all like half times guys write like inappropriate stuff. Like they have a woman in their profile photo. And I'm just like, this can't work for you. One, the message is terrible, but two, you're like, Who's this wow. working? <laughs> you know, I that always make, I, it sounds weird, but I always end up thinking about movies, um, like really romantic movies, and then I think to myself, would there be a situation where a couple is standing there at their fiftieth wedding anniversary in front of all their family and friends and having a toast and being like, 
I never thought I'd find anyone till he sent me that DM. And right away I knew he was the one. Oh, that's like, so how, how do people think a relationship's going to start that way? Like, oh, I'll just randomly, I'll be some rando and just DM some filthy thing and that's going to start the world on fire or something. Although I will say I have, I have dated somebody from social media. Oh, really? Really? I don't even know if I should ask about that because I feel like it's like, no, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about uh, that. Oh. <laughs> Facebook or Instagram? That's the most important. Twitter. I'm not going to share that because I don't want to okay. encourage too many random messages. <laughs> it's too late now. You already said you did. So, yeah, that DM box is going to be flooded in two days. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> um, there. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, what do I want to say about this, right? <laughs> I'm still off on the, what was it, butt sniffing fantasy? Yeah. Is that what he called it? Uh, it, it was a butt smell, but, it was butt smell fantasy. Butt smell fantasy. I did Google it, nothing showed up. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm sure there's a subreddit for it somewhere. that is god that is bizarre stuff some of the and you know it's weird like i've known it was out there um that there are people out there who do this kind of stuff but i guess for whatever reason i never gave it a whole lot of thought until a i had a daughter which is a guy change that changes everything because then you're like what kind of wackos is she gonna have to deal with and then yeah. number two, once I started doing this podcast and I started having female guests on, we began discussing this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like rampant, isn't it? It's like all over the place. I used to think like every once in a while there was just some creepo who had too much to drink or something and wanted to talk about butt smelling fantasies. <laughs> but apparently this is like an issue, like ongoing, like every female, every day, this stuff is just pouring out of the internet. Yeah, it would, um, like, to me, like, I, I know that some people get offended, like, to me, I, I, it's kind of part of the territory in my mind, and I'm not saying it's okay, um, I'm not supporting it or defending it, but for the most part, most of the people that are either trying to get my attention, like, for non-landscape stuff, like, most of them are well-intentioned, or they're just like, hey, like, I think they're genuine in their own mind, and, and some of them are, like, kind of sweet in a way really and then there's just some that I think are like so their level of like interaction with just people in general is probably limited and I'm like yeah I'm just like mm, I, I get it you don't you don't you don't get how this works right <laughs> now do you think those people are like some of them are legitimately shooting a shot or is it just I'm gonna say something outrageous and it'll at least get noticed you know hmm I would say it's a mixture, really. <laughs> I would say it's a mixture. There's like one person who commented a few times and he's like, oh my God, I can't believe you. They're like, he commented on my post and he was like, said something about like, I have a big crush on you or something or like that. And I was just like, oh, thanks, you know, or like something, whatever, like innocent. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I can't believe you wrote me back. I'm going to tell all my friends that you're my wife or my girlfriend. I'm like, whatever, bro. <laughs> But it was playful and like I was like whatever and like yeah. I, and that person still every once I, I don't remember his name sorry if you're listening to um you know, there's too many people that message but I know there's somebody that reoccurrently like just jokes like oh it's my girlfriend I'm like whatever <laughs> yeah and then eventually you stop roading him back and he stole your bike he was so mad 
no, no, no. <laughs> just in my posts and stuff like that. Like <laughs> that yeah. didn't actually happen, guy out there. We're not picking on you. It's just no, no, no. Yeah, like, but I would say for the most part, like a lot of them are are sweet, and even some guys actually like write and are are kind of aware of it in a weird way. And I and I don't read all like the, if it's not like work related. A lot of times I just like scroll past. Like I don't interact with. Probably, if it's not work related, like ninety percent of the comments I just like scroll past. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, like I feel like the majority of people are genuinely trying to be. They have good intentions, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just have a few weirdos here and there. So. Well, I feel like um, on a, a more serious note that that's 100% what it is we're dealing right now with social media. I think 95 to 99% of the people you interact with are really, really positive experiences, you know, um, but it, it's just for some reason, it's the way the human brain works every once in a while that one that one that's somebody who's either inappropriate or is a jerk. For some reason, that's the one that's going to stick in your brain the rest of the day. That's yeah. the one that all day long you're going to be like, oh, I can't believe that guy. Like, uh, <laughs> never mind the fact the multitudes of people who were sweet and uplifting and nice and said really, really great, wonderful things. That yeah. one you stubbed your toe on is just going to grind you. you know? Yeah, every once in a while, like if somebody like you're going to, everyone's going to have some trolls, but surprisingly, like when you, people are following you, like you create this little bubble of protection. Um, and for somebody like myself, that's not polarizing. Like I'm not making, I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about anything that people could, you know, it's either like you like the flower or you don't like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, or you like, the <laughs> it's, um, but at the same time, like when you move outside of that bubble, like sometimes I've done branded content where like they just promote it to probably hundreds of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. um, like, and these people have no relation to you. They have no idea who you are. They're like, who's this dumb broad, like talking about this stuff. Like the comments become a lot more crude. Oh and yeah. It, and in a way, I kind of don't mind it. And I'm not saying like I encourage, but it's a little dose of reality. Like we are really sheltered in our own little bubble when we post things and people are like, you're wonderful, you're great. And then you like, it goes out to the wider audience. And some people are still like, you're wonderful, you're great. And some people are like, this is shit. I don't like yeah. it. And I'm like, you're entitled to your opinion. Right. <laughs> well, first of all, nice well, about delivering it. <laughs> well, yeah, and I guess that ends up sort of like the pathway because if somebody is following you on, you know, on any of the platforms, it's because they searched you out because they were, you know, interested in you ahead of time. Whereas yeah. when they're just scrolling through their feed and here's some person that they've never seen before promoting something, they're just like, what the hell is that? Who the yeah. is this for? But then I think to myself, like, how miserable are you to, like, take time out of your life to comment yeah. your shit? I don't know who you are. I know nothing yeah. about you. You could be Mother Teresa. But right now you irritate my eyeballs. Ergo, I have to write a comment. You know? yeah. <laughs> that I don't get at all. It's just. <laughs> yeah. There was um, some, you know how some accounts just take a bunch of other people's stuff and, like, put it, like, cool, like, whatever action shots or whatever somebody took one of my projects where I was laying out a bunch of bricks and I had broken a bunch of them to create like this mosaic path and in my little world like a lot of people really liked it and then <laughs> there's this one guy <laughs> who's like some people will just do anything for attention like this is garbage like this isn't how you do it and I was just like 
yeah, you can have that opinion. And I, I thought about writing back and I don't know if I did or not, but, oh, I think I might've. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, you know, this project actually won in a California contractors of it won first place. <laughs> and I'm like, so you might say, I don't know what I'm doing, but the contractors board got behind it and gave me first place. I don't know. Maybe it's, you don't know what the hell you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So shut the hell up. Random guy. I mean, at the same time, like it's not for everybody and that's okay too. But I'm right. like, don't tell me, I don't know what I'm doing. Half the time I don't, but that's okay. <laughs> right. People don't even know that. <laughs> but in this case, I actually did know what I was talking about. So, well, you just got to, you get those miserable people who just like, like, oh, I could do better than that. Well, then, then, then do better than that. But in the meantime, leave me the heck alone. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Like, I, so far, like, I don't feel like, um, it's a, I try not to make it my world, you know, mm -hmm. it is a part of it. Although it is scarily becoming a bigger and bigger part. And I, I do kind of worry about how much, especially the younger generation is just spending their time there and i spent a lot of time on social media because it's you know part of my business at this point mm -hmm. but you know and i've made wonderful connections like you know meeting Anne of all trades i'm all yeah. online yeah. <laughs> i've met so many like wonderful like women builders and like when people are like wow i don't know how many female contractors i'm like i know a ton <laughs> and i would if it hadn't been for instagram really yeah so, it has its pros and cons well, the next generations will figure it out right now. I think, um, you know, I, and I hear a lot of people talk about kind of that, but you know, when it comes to the internet and where we're at right now, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, you know, it is what it is and it's out there and it'll kind of be for hopefully generations after us to figure out a good, I guess, an ethical and fun way to sort of wield it. And, you know, and it's, 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 a, it's a tool and it's, a, it's, it's, brought a lot of really, really great things to the world. And unfortunately there are underbellies of it that like to smell butts. And <laughs> that's, that's that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, for the most part, it's been like a blessing in my life in terms of um, my career and stuff like that. And in fact, um, although like being on television is great. Like I have more people recognize me off my social media because that's like a constant feed that they're, seeing me once a week where a tv i have no control over like how often people people see you but on social media you become kind of part of somebody's life in an odd way yeah yeah that is and that's kind of the interesting thing that i i had loved the most about um doing this and doing this podcast is that i felt like over the course of years on social media you know you sort of develop your own little bubble your your own sort of biosphere people that you follow of the various interests that you have and getting to do the podcast ended up being this really, really fun way for me to get to talk to people. Like I got to, <clears throat> excuse me, I got to interview Anne of All Trades. I've been following you on social media for years. And so now to get to like sit down and it's like, you know, for years every day I'd scroll through, you know, Instagram and Facebook and be like, oh, Sarah posted this, posted this, oh, that's cool. And then now getting to sit and actually do a podcast with you is really, really cool. Would never be able to do that without the internet. Would never oh, yeah. be able to. You know. not, yeah, not not at all. Like yeah, it is, yeah, an awesome way to really connect. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Well, I feel like I've taken up um, a good chunk of your time. I, I can't <laughs> thank you enough for coming on the podcast. And as we go out, if there's anything you'd like to say to, in general, or to the people, or to butt sniffing guy, if he's listening, 
poor guy. He's probably well. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I am, yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean I'm super grateful for the experience I've had and that people want to follow along, and I hope that I can keep bringing um, good content that's worthwhile. It's a, it's important for me to bring value, I think and mm -hmm. have a good balance of you know just presenting myself but also presenting stuff that's worth actually listening to right well and the thing that i love um about you and a lot of the stuff you post is that it always has a lot of energy and it always has a lot of passion and it's that kind of stuff i think is really really important right now um anything where you can feel good about getting out and doing something, doing something right now it sucks and it's kind of depressing because it makes you want to go outside and do work and it's like 30 degrees outside so uh, I'll, I'll, i'm just going to stare at a brown yard until april comes and then i'll then i'll be ready to go <laughs> you know <laughs> go, go put your car hard on get out there right <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no i appreciate you saying that i um you know it's funny i there's this great podcast about Dolly Parton that I can't remember the guy's name who did it. And I listened to that and I was like, Oh my God, I want to be Dolly Parton. Like not her exactly, but like, she's a great unifier. Like she's super accepting of people and just a positive energy. And I'm like, whenever I kind of feel like I'm like, not sure, like losing my way. I'm like, yeah, just positivity. And like, I'm generally positive, but you know, accepting the people you agree with and the ones you don't as well, I think are, is important. Mm -hmm. especially very, in these times right now very much so yeah. yeah and that's if there's a mantra that i think america should use going forward it would be what would dolly parton do oh my god i love that i love that <laughs> i'm getting t-shirts made in a tattoo like immediately i like that though that's a good message yes. what would dolly parton it's so true like yeah the, they're talking about like how they have like lgbt people nuns like cowboys and like you know a little high school girls like everybody loves her right. <laughs> everybody, she unifies beyond people's like stereotypes yeah one of those people just kind of transcended everything and is just i think even at times throughout her life she threw people off by how accepting she was like people just thought she would just be another country singer and just be uh -huh. that and instead she's yeah. like oh no they're cool they're totally cool yeah yeah they buy tickets <laughs> to my show just like anybody else so you know <laughs> yeah totally totally Amen to that. Uh, well, great. This was a lot of fun. And thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sarah Bendrick. Uh, follow her. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and the show. Gosh, I can't wait for more of the show. Law and Order with Chris Lambton. Check that out on DIY Network. And uh, once again, Sarah, thank you so much. Um, appreciate you giving me your time. And we'll talk to you again sometime. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. So that was the podcast of Sarah Bendrick. Hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I had making it. That was a lot of fun. And I'm going to be talking about or thinking about butt sniffing fantasies for like ever because the human race never ceases to amaze me. Anyway, want to thank you all for listening. Um, if you could do me a favor, please like, subscribe, share along, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell another friend. As a matter of fact, when you send your Christmas cards out to all your friends and family, just write in the bottom, The Finch Show Podcast. Check it out. That would be appreciated. And if you're listening to this on an Apple device, other in the corner, it's got a spot to leave a review. If you could do me a favor and leave a five-star review, or if you want to leave a one-star review and just be like, God, oh, that guy sucks. That's fine with me too. Either way, every little bit of it helps. I appreciate it. 
want to thank you all. Love you all. Take care of each other, and we'll catch you next time.